welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. We've got another great episode for you this week. Uh, before we get into it, let's start with a little bit of Disney news. Recently, within the past week, the new Toy Story Land opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios down in Florida. It looks so awesome. Yeah, it's really well themed. I and mean, we, we have... we haven't had a chance to go down or anything to see it in person, but just from the pictures and everything, it's it's a lot more themed than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I've been checking out uh, Instagram and a lot of the people I follow, we follow on Instagram, and it's, it is, it kind of reminds me of the Bugs Life portion of Disneyland that we were just in because there's a lot of larger-than-life toys, so it, it looks really cool, and of course, the food also looks good and Slinky Dog Dash looks awesome. So yeah, and it's, I can't it, wait to go. It seems to be really to popular. I, I checked the wait times on the app the first day it opened, and Slinky Dog Dash was I want to say like five hours. <laughs> so it was like something like three hundred minutes. I yeah, was seeing a lot of yeah, pictures. Yeah, so five hours. So it seems to be very popular, which is good because there's really not much to do at Hollywood Studios right now until Galaxy's Edge opens. So it's nice that they have this new land with a few new rides there. Um, but like I said, I'm mean, waiting hours to get in and then hours to ride the ride. I think the one upside is Toy Story Mania. I think their wait time is down <laughs> because yeah. so many uh, so many people want to ride the new rides that you can kind of get on Toy Story Mania a little bit quicker. Um, but so overall, I think it looks really well and it, it seems to be a success so far. I'm sure it'll stay busy um, throughout the summer. Yeah, definitely. And also a new preview for Christopher Robin dropped. Did you see that? I did, yes. That's the the Winnie the Pooh live action that they're making. So I think that the the character, so uh, it's Ewan McGregor is playing Christopher Robin, and then uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Eeyore, Piglet, all those characters. I mean, they're kind of live action. They're they're animated, but they look pretty realistic. Like they yeah. kind of look like stuffed animals. They do. I just from the previews, I'm not like a real big fan of Winnie the Pooh or anything, but Pooh looks pretty good. Tigger's the one that's disconcerting to me. I think they all look pretty interesting, but I guess, so the, the story is, in, in this trailer, it, it spells out a little bit more of the story, but it's Christopher Robin. He's grown up. Yeah. So he's no longer and a kid. He's it, he's kind of on his own life. And It, it seems like the classic story of a, a man who is too involved with his work and he sort of forgets his family life. And so I'm guessing that the whole thread of the story is going to be him learning to be a better family man and his family is going to get involved on the adventure and help him To go back poo. to his childhood. Yeah, because this trailer opens where he's telling his daughter, I have to go away for work for a little bit. And it, it, you do get that sense that he is, you know, kind of lost some of that childhood wonder and now he's, you know, a workaholic a little bit. And then he runs into Pooh, um, and you know, in the middle of town. And then they go on this adventure to I save their friends. I hate when I run into Pooh into the middle of town. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they go on this adventure to find their friends and everything. And I think you're right that ultimately it seems like you know his his family's in it later. That they're kind of going on these you know misadventures, and and he learns, you know, it, there's more to life than work and things like that. I think overall it'll be a good movie. It comes out. It said August 3rd. I didn't realize it was coming out that soon. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of hype around it. No, um, it's sort of in I, under the radar, I think. Yeah, I mean, Disney's had a huge string of hits this summer with Infinity War and Incredibles 2 and then Ant-Man and the Wasp um, just came out and, and that's doing pretty well. So, you know, it, they this is kind of, I think, one of their more low-key movies that, yeah. that are coming out. But it, I think it, it should be pretty good, so we'll have to 
to see if there's any more trailers that come out beforehand or not. We haven't had a question in a while. I, I don't know, Angela, if you want to do a question. Yeah, absolutely. Today? Okay. So uh, again, if you want to have your question answered, um, you can submit it either on Facebook where we are at Enchanted Ears Podcast, or you can go to our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com slash podcast question. And there's a form there that you can uh, fill out. So, but this question uh, came in from uh, Brian R. And he asked, and this is... He's like a super listener. Super, Yeah, super fan. So he asked, this question is around uh, Pandora, which celebrated its one-year anniversary in May this year at uh, Animal Kingdom. So his question was, why did Disney build a land based on Avatar? And he kind of, you know, goes on to say that, you know, he saw the movie, you know, he realizes it was a, a pretty big movie a few years ago. I think it was 2009, but... It wasn't really that memorable, and it seems like a lot of people really don't remember it. So he thought it was kind of interesting that Disney built a whole land around it and and was kind of asking why that is. Yeah, that is an interesting question. Uh, It is, it's not something that seems to, it really doesn't stick out to me. I enjoyed it when it came out. I never had a desire to see it again, really. But yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that there's a little bit more to why. I think that you might know a little bit more about this than me. Yeah, so I will say, I mean, as much as people say, uh, you know, I liked the movie when it came out, but I don't really remember anything about it. It is the number one movie of all time in terms of box office. It made like $2.7 billion. So if you're looking at it strictly on that terms, I mean, it makes sense. It was visually stunning. Yeah, it makes sense Disney would go after um, a project like that. And the other thing is James Cameron for years has been promising sequels. He's developing like three or four sequels at the same time. Now they keep getting pushed back. It's going to be 2020, 2021 till they come out. But, you know, they've been in the works for years. But really what it boiled down to when Disney decided to build this, and again, it opened last year, but it has been in the works for years because it takes a while to you know build these things, is all around kind of Harry Potter world at Universal Studios. So... When Universal Studios got Harry Potter, their attendance went up something like 30% in the first year. And so Disney, trying to you know kind of fight back in the whole theme park war, decided they needed a new land as well to kind of draw people in. So they went out, and this was you know a big franchise at the time. Again, the number one movie of all time, and that's why they kind of reached out and and got this one because Universal it had Harry Potter. Wasn't Disney sort of in talks a little bit with J.K. Rowling about getting Harry Potter. Also. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a whole backstory to that that we could probably do a whole episode on later. But, but that's essentially kind of why they went so, with with Avatar. So Avatar is basically like the new boyfriend after you just got dumped. Like you're just trying to prove that get, you're okay and everything's gonna guess, be fine. But really, I, I mean, the land itself has been extremely popular, even though it's it's been a year old. The there's still long lines to get on the rides. It's very hard to get fast passes for flight of passage. I mean, Disney has plans to kind of roll this land out across all the theme parks. I honestly, I don't know if this is true, if this is something that's been announced or a rumor. Um, I read so much about rumors and facts that sometimes the two get blended together, but I can't alternate facts. Yeah. But I don't know, but Disneyland Paris. And again, I don't remember if this has been confirmed or is a rumor, but as part of their expansion, would would be getting a um, Pandora land there. Ooh. 
So that would be kind of the first one. So they have plans to grow this out. And then if Disney does finalize the acquisition with Fox, we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago with Comcast making a rival bid. Disney's now made an even higher bid, so it's kind of back and forth. But Fox owns the rights to Avatar. So if oh, Disney wow. if Disney buys Fox, they will then own the rights to this land that so they can then do basically whatever they want with it. As of right now, they're just licensing it. Um, so it, all that kind of comes into play. I mean, it was a good property. The land turned out well. It's very popular. And they have big plans for it. So I think you know, while it was kind of as a response to Universal getting Harry Potter, uh, I think overall it's it's been a pretty good choice. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. So getting into our main topic of the week, Angela, you've had kind of World Cup fever. Oh, my um, goodness. Lately. You got a fever. And the only prescription <laughs> is more soccer. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I've been like glued to the TV. I've watched more TV probably in the past, I don't know, a few weeks than I have all year. Yeah. So you, you love soccer. So you love the World Cup. Um, you're kind of all in on that. I've been p- keeping track, too, of which Disney locations still have a World Cup team in it. I was <laughs> so France. I mean, probably by the time this is by the time this goes this up, the, it'll be over. Yeah, but, the final. Be over. So right now but, we know it's going to be France yeah, and Croatia. Yeah, we just learned final, today so. that yeah, it's going to be France right. and so we Croatia. Gotta, we got to root for Disneyland Paris. So yeah, I, I mean, France looks like it's going to be the shoe in, but hey, you know, after I'll go this with comes up. I'll go with France for Disneyland Paris because honestly. I don't care who wins. So well, yeah, but Croatia so, is a much smaller country. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we we'll can get, we can do this on our soccer so, podcast. But so kind of, you know, with with the World Cup and with Ant Man coming out, so it's a 20th Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the past 10 years. I thought it might be interesting to kind of do a World Cup style slash NCAA March Madness bracket where we kind of rank all the Marvel movies and then pit them head to head against each other, kind of in a then doing a process of elimination to, to determine definitively which is the best Marvel movie, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie so far over the past 10 years. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And when I came up with the idea, I thought, oh, perfect. 20 movies. It's even. It will work out perfectly. Then I set up the bracket and realized, no, it's got to be like... <laughs> 16 or 24 so we kind of had to have a play in bracket and everything so we'll explain all of that it may get a little bit confusing if it's kind of confusing the play in bracket yeah, part is yeah. confusing if the rest co- of the bracket is fine and we sense. can definitely post it yeah, on say. the website yeah. so that you can see it if you're listening to it yeah and, it, and you're a little bit confused head over to enchantedearspodcast.com and we'll kind of lay out the seating and, and the bracket and everything over there so uh, to get started, what we did is we used the Rotten Tomato score, try to use somewhat of an impartial ranking to determine, you know, one to 20. Um, so, as you want to start with the list of kind of going down with listing the, the movies based on the Rotten Tomato score? Sure. Do you want me to say the score as well? Yeah. If you want to go with, with the movie and the score, and so you'll start with one and just kind of go. So, this isn't in the order they came out or anything. It's the order. It's the order that they're ranked. ranked. Right. Okay. Good. So number one is Black Panther with a 97%. Number two, Iron Man, 94%. Number three is Avengers with a 92%. And that's the first Avengers. Yes, it's just the first one. Number four is Thor Ragnarok with a 92. Number five is Spider-Man Homecoming with a 92. So they're all tied. Yeah, they're tied. And, and where they were tied, 
I got this actually off of Rotten Tomatoes. So if you go onto Rotten Tomatoes website and you search for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they actually have a page that just lists out all the movies ranked. So I, that's how I kind of went off this list. Okay, nice. Uh, number six is Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the first one. Seven. And that was at 91. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was 91%. Number seven, also at 91%, is Captain America Civil War. Number eight is Doctor Strange at 89%. Number nine, Captain America, the Winter Winter Soldier at 89%. And rounding up the to- rounding off the top ten is Ant-Man and the Wasp with an 85%. Right. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, like we said, just came out. Now, overall, we'll try to avoid spoilers as best we can. Um, I think at this point, Infinity War has been out for a few months. It's going to be out on Blu-ray in another month, so... Probably most people have seen that. So the only one that we have to be kind of careful about, I think, is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So we'll try to keep it, you know, hopefully we won't do any major spoilers. We might have to talk a little bit about the plot. So if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet, um, I don't Maybe really think... Maybe just fast forward through that one. But it, yeah, I, don't I don't really think... think I don't for, foresee us giving yeah. too many spoilers And I don't away. think there's too much in that that would impact you. Like if you knew some minor things, it's going to ruin the movie. Yeah. So, so c- continuing on the list, the eleventh uh, seed, if you will, is this is what we talked about: Avengers: Infinity War at eighty three. So it's interesting. The two movies that came out this year, well, Black Panther came out earlier. Yeah, Black Panther came out earlier. That one's number one. But then the other two that most recently have come out are ten and eleven, kind of right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of interesting there. The number twelve is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two at eighty three percent. Thirteen is. The original Ant-Man at 82%. 14 is Iron Man 3 at 80%. 15 is Captain America at 79%. 16 is Thor at 77%. 17 is the second Avengers movie, Avengers Age of Ultron at 75%. 18 is Iron Man 2 at 73%. 19 is The Incredible Hulk at 67%. And 20, which is the worst rated movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far, which I'm surprised it wasn't The Incredible Hulk, but it's Thor The Dark World at 66%. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised there too. There's a lot of surprises on Rotten Tomatoes' list, but we'll get into that when we rank them. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I know, yeah, you've had you had a couple complaints I, with, with where some of them are ranked. Yeah, some of the seating didn't work out. One particular seating did not work well, and it's... I don't know. It's given me nightmares ever yeah. since I've seen I'm, it. So Yeah, I'm a little... I mean, honestly, looking at this list initially, I'm surprised Iron Man 3 is so low. I remember when that came out, I thought that was pretty well received. So I, I would have expected that one to be higher. Um, and then again, I would have thought The Incredible Hulk would have been the worst one because yeah. people have kind of... People didn't like that it's one. It's only 1% much. better than Thor The Dark World. I know that one's also you know, not a great movie. Um, so I, it, it makes sense that they're they're both kind of towards the bottom. And again, I loved Infinity War. I would have expected that one to be I, higher. I'm very... That's kind of middle of the pack. I'm very surprised that Captain America, the original Captain America, beat Thor. But again, we can get into yeah, this Yeah, that, that was pretty close. So, all right. So that's that's the, the ranking. So one to 20 um, going down the according list. According to Rotten Tomatoes. According to Rotten Tomatoes, right. So, so how into the brackets. Yeah, so how we kind of broke it up. Like I was saying, it, it didn't work out exactly just to go um, 10 pairs of two, having two brackets. 
that didn't work out. What we did is we took the bottom six teams and put them into kind of a play-in bracket, if you will, with the top, the top teams on either side getting a bye, and then the bottom two, the bye kind of the first round, and then the bottom two teams going in. And then the rest of the, the bracket, the rest of the seeds are, so the one seed, the one and two seeds on either side, so it's Black Panther and Iron Man, they then will play the winners of kind of the play-in bracket. So Black Panther being the one seed will play the lowest seed out of the play-in, and then Iron Man being the two seed will play the higher one. And then everybody else is kind of, you know, the high seed and low seed. So it's three versus 14, five versus 12, seven versus 10, four versus 13, six versus 11, eight versus nine. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of go back through it um, again. So, so how it worked out in kind of the play-in bracket, you had on one side the 15 seed Captain America getting a bye and then playing the winner of the 17 seed Avengers Age of Ultron and the 20 seed Thor The Dark World. So let's start with, with that matchup, the 17 uh, versus 20. So, okay. so, And then as we're going through this, we, we kind of went through it ourselves, but individually but we want to come up with a unified choice for each so we're not going to end up with two brackets here because we want a definitive number one so if there's any disagreements we're going to have to kind of argue them out yeah we're gonna we're gonna battle soccer style so yeah so i'll be fake rolling around in pain on the ground i'll be real winning okay okay <laughs> all right so go ahead who, who did you have with the with the first match up here the 17 versus the 20 seed okay so Avengers Age of Ultron versus Thor of the Dark World. I had Thor winning that one. <laughs> I know the, that's the worst so you ra- had the, ranked you movie. You had the worst ranked one. I love the, for- the Thor franchise so much. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with, with Chris Hemsworth's abs or anything. But I mean, so- I would rank his abs as winning our entire bracket. Okay. I don't know if it's abs or in this, but I will say I had Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, I know a lot of people don't like that movie as well, but I did like that one. It's okay. You can so, have some bad taste. I, I will say, I mean, I'm with you. Thor is, uh, I, I didn't hate that movie as much as other people did, but it really was kind of a muddled movie. Um, you had Jane Foster and the Ether. It's you know, she's kind of just bouncing around. Like they take her to Asgard just to have her have a reason to be in the movie because <laughs> they didn't want the movie to take place on Earth. But then ultimately, it comes back to Earth, and it's the Ether's the, the the strangest Infinity Stone because it's kind of just this liquid that floats in the sky and. I don't know. I just feel like the whole well, movie was, was modeled. Both movies had really convoluted storylines. Yeah. If you think about it, like Age of Ultron was everywhere. It bounced all over the place. And that's part of the reason why I didn't like it. And then also, I don't know. I just, I will, it didn't appeal to me. I will say the reason I would pick Age of Ultron over Thor is because uh, the second Avengers movie actually played more of a role in kind of the overarching plot of kind of the whole cinematic universe. So yes, Thor had an infinity stone in it, but the, the events in the second Avengers 
<clears throat> led to the Sokovia Accords, which then led to civil war, and then the Avengers kind of splitting up, yep. which made them split up, and then they weren't ready to battle Thanos and Infinity War. So I feel like that played a bigger role in it, and I think Ultron as a villain was stronger than, I think his name was Malekith uh, in Thor The Dark World. Wow, way to pull that one out. So, Jeez, I mean, no. I From my perspective... I think that both movies just weren't very strong as far as stories concerned. Joss Whedon, who is like who did this, who did this two first two Avengers movies. This is the movie that made him quit. He stopped being involved with Marvel after this movie because he felt like he was trying to keep a continuous storyline, but also try to piece it together with where he knew that the Marvel cin- cinematic universe wanted to go. So I think that the guy who exactly that makes it bu- better. Buffy that and makes it Firefly better. and was a screen like he wrote the screenplay for Toy Story. I mean, if it made him quit, it, I think it's a kind of a devil. I of a think, movie. I think there might have been other <laughs> stuff involved in that, but I think that makes it all the better is all the, the drama behind it. You do love good drama, but like Thor had much more likable characters. You have Kat Dennings who plays Jen's, uh, Jane's friend and Hindal who's always awesome. And like Jane's dad is funny. There's that whole scene with him. Like, I just, naked at it, Stonehenge. It's I just, I think the the Thor, the dark world is, it's the worst Thor movie. And, I would, uh, I would agree so, with that. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I don't think either of these movies are going to make it very far in this bracket. I guess it's six one way, half yeah. dozen another. I don't think they're going to make it very far. I say Age of Ultron on it. Can I can, can I convince you? Can we go with that one? It's the higher seed. Yeah, whatever. I think go it ahead. plays a bigger role. I, it's not going to matter. All right, so we'll go. We'll go. We'll go <laughs> Avengers. Uh, the second Avengers. Neither of there. those movies are winning. We'll go the second Avengers there. So now moving over to the other side of the the play in bracket. We have the first Thor, which is the 16 seed. So that that's the shoe in. So that got the first round by, uh, and then that w- that movie's gonna go up against the winner of the 18-19 matchup, which is Iron Man two at 18 and the Incredible Hulk at 19. Um, I think, I mean, you know, going off of, it seems like Marvel doesn't make great sequels. I mean, if you look at yeah. it, Thor: The Dark World is the 20th ranked one. Iron Man two is the 18th ranked one. Yeah, um, like especially the second one. Sometimes, like the third ones have gotten right, a little right, bit yeah, it's better. A, it's that first, it it's that first sequel. Although Captain America: Civil War, yeah, Captain America is the one franchise that that got better through time, and we'll we'll kind of get into that. Yeah, I think I don't know if there's any way I can pick the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I don't think they so either. Basically, are trying to make you forget that movie existed. Um, we have a different Hulk now entirely. I mean, they've kind of just. Oh my goodness, I didn't even that. realize they switched Bruce Banners. What? Wait. It was Edward Norton in The Incredible Hulk. And now oh, it's Mark Ruffalo. Oh my gosh. What do you mean you can't remember? Because it was so them? long ago. It was like a hundred million years ago. Dinosaurs walked around the I earth. I just think that shows you how good uh, Mark, Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo is as Bruce Banner that you don't even remember he didn't play Bruce Banner yeah, and, before. And, yeah. and Ed Norton is a good actor. Yeah. But... So we can't pick that. Yeah, yeah. I, I So it's agree. Iron Man 2. It's Iron I Man agree. 2. All right. So uh, let, let's go Iron Man 2 versus Thor now. So like as we said, Thor had the buy. So going in that, I think based on you know how much you like the Dark World, I think I know how you're going to go with this. 
You might know my leanings. Yeah, Iron Man 2 was an okay movie. I mean, I've actually seen it a few times because we have a digital copy, so I sometimes would watch it when we were running before I realized that there's a Netflix app, and I can just basically watch Queer Eye until my eyes fall out of my head. So I think that, um, yeah, definitely Thor would beat Iron Man 2. Thor, the original movie has a lot of charm about it. And I think I'll save those points for in a little bit, but the original Thor movie has a lot of charm. I know it didn't necessarily rank very high, but I think a lot of people were wrong about it. I was say I really liked the original Thor movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of had that like I, you probably liked it because it had that Shakespearean element to Kenneth it. Kenneth Branagh, I believe, right? Wrote he, it. He directed and he, it, and yeah. he's he's like the bi- he's a big Shakespeare producer. For those of you who right. might not know, he did a lot of um, Shakespearean movies, and he has acted. Yeah, in and plays. and Thor in that movie was kind of more uptight and proper and Shakespearean. I mean, for lack of a better word, so. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it, but I I really like Thor, and people maybe and maybe it's because, inaccessible, right? And maybe it's because I like Thor now that I kind I of liked look, him back I look, then. You know, I look better on. I, I mean, I liked him back then too, but you know, now you, you can't tell. Do you, did you really like him back then, or are you just thinking better? Well, of him? I like him better now, but right. I will still. say the one the one interesting thing I read. So the director of Aquaman that's coming out at the end of this year. So it's a DC movie. Uh, James Wan, he also directed some of the Fast and the Furious movies. People were asking him, Aquaman has been a character that a lot of people said would be difficult to bring to the screen. You know, do you think the success of, you know, some of the Marvel movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and some of the lesser known characters help with that? And he said, you know, the most amazing thing that Marvel has done is they took Captain America and Thor and made them into huge movies. And he said, once, you know, I saw that they could take a movie called Captain America and it could be huge around the world, even mm-hmm. though America's in the name. Oh, wow. That's a and good you could, point. And you could take a character like Thor, who, again, is, you know, could be seen as somewhat inaccessible and make them mega franchises. He's like, I knew anything was possible. So I, I think that's an interesting, you know, kind of take on it. But so I think that's why I a lot like of people didn't like the original Thor's. For Thor the casting is so crucial because he is such a cocky kind of character that you need somebody who can back that up. Like the only bet, honestly, I don't even know if I, Joe, I know that this is going to be hard for you to hear and it's hard for me to say, but I don't even know if like Dwayne, the rock Johnson could play Thor as well as Chris Hemsworth. We just got the rock as a listener and now you're insulting him. But listen, rock, this is my appeal to you. He could be. He you could are be wonderful he, in every way. He jo, could be Thor's. Joe knows that you're my hall pass. Like he could be. He could be we're, Thor's. We're cool. He could be Thor's uh, brother. I don't know that Thor has a brother, but we'll have the rock. Well, I mean, <laughs> Loki's his brother. He no, had but I mean, like, like another another Asgardian. Hela was hidden from from you for a long time. Another, we can add this in. Another Asgardian brother, but yeah, I th- I think. Chris, I mean, I don't think the Rock is starving for work though. No, I don't think so. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is. I, I do think, like you said, he's a great fit for this role. Um, and then you know, in the later movies, his you know comedic chops kind of come out, and it just it helps. It, it just makes him. All the better. I mean, Thor is becoming, you know, my favorite uh, character. Start off, I think you know everybody loves Iron Man because uh, he kind of started it all. But but Thor is kind of quickly, you know, moving up there as, as one of the top characters. So I really hope, you know, they continue to make Thor movies uh, going forward. 
All right, so Thor um, made it out. So that's they're the 16 seed, so they made it out of the one side. So then on the other side of the playing bracket, we have Captain America versus the second Avengers. Now, I know a lot of people really like the first Captain America, so I'm a little bit surprised that it was uh, 15 on this list based on the, the Rotten I'm Tomatoes score. I'm not surprised. I would say I'm not... I, it did not hold my attention very well, and I walked away from that movie being like, mm, "This is very forgettable." I'm not. I don't feel. I didn't feel connected to Cap. Uh, I felt bad for him, and I liked his little underdog story of being like this really scrawny dude that got the serum that made him this big, burly, super attractive guy. But, um, you know, because that's the, the the main concern is that he's super attractive, not that he's. Well, you know, he a went super from soldier. small. He went from skinny Chris yeah. Evans to bulky Chris Evans, really. Right, but. right. So, I like that aspect of it, but the Red Skull, I think, was the was that the. Yeah, Red Skull was yeah, the villain in that one. He was he was a good villain. It's just the whole movie was forgettable, and I didn't. It didn't appeal. I I remember walking out of the theaters and just being like, that was okay, and I, I wasn't even disillusioned with Marvel movies at that point. Yeah, I will. I will say I'm. I'm kind of with you on Captain America as well. That's one of these. I've seen most of these movies uh, more than once. I mean, a majority of them I've seen multiple times. The Captain America, the first Captain America movie, is one that I've only seen once. You know, I kind of think about going back and watching it again. But yeah, but the whole kind of story. I can't remember if it's World War One or World War Two. He's fighting in. Yeah, it's it's just kind of slow, and I mean, I understand it. It's great, kind of you know, as a period piece. Wonder Woman did a very similar thing where they kind of took her back in time. And it was incredible. Yeah, it and made I think me cry. I, I think Wonder Woman did it better. Yeah, it's just something about yeah having him be in the war and kind of seeing that initial arc. It, there was kind of it a didn't disconnect. feel fresh, right? Because Wonder ulti- Woman felt because ultimately in the end, it it almost felt like they they wanted him to be in Avengers and they needed him in present day. But you kind of had to have a backstory, and so they they forced him, you know, into this backstory. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of again the Captain America franchise had a lot of great movies and a lot of really interesting plot um, dev- twists and things kind of came out of this movie. So Bucky being alive and being the Winter Soldier, um, you know. Bucky being the one that killed Tony's parents and, and, you know, Howard Stark being involved. But yeah, I mean, I think overall I would pick Avengers two here. Cause if I had to pick one to watch again, I would pick the second Avengers. All right. So we'll take the Avengers. Yeah, for that the, one? I can. Yeah. The okay. Avengers is fine. Okay. So, so then how we did it um, again, since it wasn't kind of an e- even matchup if, if we just did 10 and 10, so, like we said, Black Panther was the one seed, and I'm calling that the Wakandan division. Um, so they will play the lower seed out of the play-in, which is uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. So it'll be 1 versus 17 on that side. And then Iron Man, which is the two seed, so we'll call that one the Stark division. Uh, that They'll face Thor as the uh, 16 seed, since they were the higher one. So... We'll go through uh, the first round. You want to go with the Wakandan division or the Stark division first? Well, the Stark division has all the strife in it, so I would like to go with the easy one first. So let's go with the Wakandan division. Wakandan division. Okay, so in the Wakandan division, we have one seed Black Panther versus 17 Avengers Age of Ultron, like we said. And this is easy peasy. We have, well, I'll, okay, so you want to take that one first? So yeah, I think that one's 
pretty straightforward. Black Panther, completely, I feel like, un, in the way Guardians of the Galaxy was completely unlike anything Marvel has done, Black Panther was completely unlike anything Marvel has done and, and what a lot of movies have done. And it really changed the culture having a primarily uh, African-American cast and crew in it it was really something completely different, and it really changed people's perceptions about um, movies. You know, there's a lot of momentum and behind it. You can it. have a male, like a black man, carry a movie, and everyone loves it, just like Wonder Woman did for women, and right. having right. a well, like a very largely women cast. And Black Panther was also very much women driven. I mean, yeah, you, there was oh a goodness. lot. I mean, you have you have T'Challa. Um, as the male character and Killmonger again, but basically all the other main characters were all women. Yeah, Akoye. Akoye is my girl. Yeah, so um, Shuri. You know, so she's I, also yeah, my girl. Yeah, so everybody else. So yeah, I think and Nakia. Yeah, Nakia. Right. So yeah, so Black Panther. I think that's an that's an easy win there. Um, so the next one is the three seed of the first Avengers movie and the fourteen seed of Iron Man three. So this is the Iron Man with the Mandarin. Yes. Right. And um, that was a very interesting device that they had going on there where he looked like he was going to be the bad guy, but there was actually somebody behind him that was controlling him. So part of the way through the movie, they did a switcheroo on who the bad guy actually was. I've seen this movie a couple times. It's kind of, I mean, it, it doesn't really stand out, but when it goes against the Avengers, my fault that I have with almost all of the Avengers movies is they're, they all pack too much punch. There's too many characters, too many storylines, and they are all merging into one movie. So it makes it really hard for you to feel satisfied by them because the characters, uh, their, their individual stories, they kind of get lost. They, they kind of get muddled together and nobody really gets enough screen time, so they're very plot-driven, which means that they basically end, turn into a Transformers movie with just all explosions and aliens, and they all have like very similar plot lines even. Well, not all of them, but most of them. So I don't know about you, but I actually thought that even though Avengers is ranked three, I thought that Iron Man should move on because, again, it's I think it's the better movie and for being the third movie it was a kind of an uphill battle and it still held my attention more than the original avengers so this i struggled with this one more than you would think you would with a three versus 14 matchup mm -hmm. kind of like you said i think a lot of people and i'm surprised that iron man 3 is so low i really like the movie it actually plays directly off of the first avengers movie which I really love the first Avengers movie as well. I mean, that that was the first kind of team up between all the superheroes and now, and it did so well that every other studio is now trying to do their own superhero team up and everything. That's true. And and ultimately off that. And, and so it, it was a great story and I really liked the movie. I really liked Iron Man 3 though as well because it deals with the fallout from the Avengers movie. So it's all about dealing with Tony's PTSD of the battle of New York. And what, and, and kind of like you said, I mean, the Avengers movies are these big, you know, there's a lot of explosions, a lot of CGI. I disagree with you. And I think it's kind of uh, an unfair knock where you say that they're, they're not great plot because I think they do have, No, I said that they're very plot driven, but they're just, yeah. 
there's no character in the movies. The characters no, are very... See, well, yeah, I, I disagree with that. Of, I think the movies are very well written. I mean, kind of like you were saying with the second Avengers. I mean, Josh Whedon did... Josh, Josh Whedon did the first Avengers as well. And I mean, and I think, you know, his dialogue um, was very good. And he brought, you know, a good dynamic to all the characters. And they had good pairings and everything. But I do like how Iron Man 3 is kind of more an introspective solo look at Tony Stark and how he is grappling with what happened in New York and, you know, starts getting the visions of what is about to come. And it kind of starts him down this spiral of trying to create a way to save the world that he doesn't even really know if the threat is going to come. I mean, ultimately, you know, when we get to Infinity War, the threat does come and kind of his worst dreams come true. But it's kind of that him spiraling out of control and really questioning, should he still be Iron Man? You know, this is where he starts building his suits that he can control um, remotely so that he doesn't have to be in the suit anymore. Because Didn't he, he do that in Ultron, Age of Ultron too? Right, well, because that happened after. Did that happen after? I don't yeah, know. I have yeah. no idea what the timeline for these movies are anymore. I can't keep track. Yeah, so Iron Man 3 came out in 2013, and then the second Avengers came out in 2015. Okay. So, yeah, so he, right, so he, that's where he kind of started, because he almost became afraid to be Iron Man. And, and while the one knock on the movie is he was out of the suit a lot, I, I did kind of like that. It, it was a good story. So... Again, I was torn, but I'm with you. I think I'm gonna have to go with the big upset here. This may be this may be the biggest upset of the whole tournament. Um, so this would be like if the U.S. had won a World Cup game against Brazil, and they didn't even qualify this year. Ouch. So that would be. So <laughs> or they that, played Brazil. Yeah, so they beat. Let's they beat let's somebody. clarify the U.S. men's team because US the U.S. Team. women's team is actually good, and I look forward to seeing them hopefully next year. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go with with Iron Man three as well on this one. So that that's kind of a, a big upset. Um, so moving on to the next one, you have number five Spider Man Homecoming versus number twelve Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. With this one, I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. I don't think. It was as good as the first Guardians of the Galaxy, but Agreed. I but I do love the Guardians. They are kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously. No, they don't. They don't. And I mean, Thor has gotten more that way as as things have have gone along. But right. the Guardians have never taken themselves seriously, and they were really a surprise. Like, I think that's part of the reason why the movies did so well and why I like them so much is I had zero expectations going in, but. Even then, I thought this movie was pretty good at first for yeah. a sequel. Yeah, this was yeah, this was one of the better sequels they have done. And we even talked about this when we talked about Infinity War a few weeks ago. How in Infinity War they even kind of kept that swagger about them, and so I really you know like that. Even in a more serious movie like the Avengers, they kind of still have their fun. Going up against Spider Man, this Spider Man movie is by far the best Spider-Man movie that they've made. So they have they did, what, three with Tobey Maguire, two with Andrew Garfield. So this is the third time they've rebooted the character, and I think the third time's a charm. They finally got it right um, with Tom Holland. I think that's, I think that's I a like lesson. I like the first three Spider-Mans. I think that's a lesson, though. Just let Marvel make the movies. So before Sony was making all the movies, now Marvel helped him on this one, and it really came together. I think the fact that Tom Holland is... I don't know, he's maybe what 
18 years old. I mean, he is a young kid. He's a teenager. So it's not as much of a stretch as having a 20-some-year-old Tommy McGuire or Andrew Garfield playing a high school kid. Yeah. I mean, the first – and the, this first movie, the first Spider-Man, came out in 2002. Like, that is so yeah, long so ago. Yeah, so long ago. Tom Holland, again, he's, he's kind of younger, but he really seems to – honestly enjoy he's being spider-man precocious. he's a yeah. lot more fun you feel uh, like he really is spider-man because he, he seems to take he, he, just how spider-man enjoys being spider-man he really seems to enjoy the character and he brings it's a that fresh to take it. yeah it's a different take than toby mcguire who was m- much more tortured because of the whole uncle ben thing and yeah the, I, andrew garfield i remember like that scene where um at, what is her name emma uh, his, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Gwen Stacy. She falls down the elevator shaft and he like breaks her back by trying to save her. Yeah. I, I mean, I think those the, were much more darker in tone yeah. than this movie and was. And I think the problem with, with those movies, the first reboot, was the fact that they did the entire story. So the first movie with Andrew Garfield was essentially the first movie with Tobey Maguire again. You had Uncle Ben and everything. Right. Whereas I think what Marvel did well with this one is they were like, you they, know everything about they Spider-Man. They fast forward yeah. past the origin. When it starts, he's Spider-Man. Now he's still, you know, learning to become a superhero, but he is Spider-Man. And it, it had a great story. There was uh, Michael Keaton was a great villain. It had a great twist that it turns out he was that, creepy. that that Peter Parker's sort of love interest that was um, his daughter. Yeah. You know, so you're going the whole time, and then they, Peter shows up at prom. And then Michael Keaton answers the door, and he's, yeah. he's the vulture. So I, was, I thought that that was really good. I think did I, I think I might have called that. That was I, it wasn't as much of a twist. It wasn't blind going into that twist. Also, Donald Glover was in it. He does a little cameo from from Community slash Childish Gambino. Um, so that was cool. And Tony plays this absentee father role which yeah, is an, so, also yeah, that's an interesting I, take i didn't on even it. talk about yeah tony stark's in it yeah i i like that ultimately then if you go back to Bar- guardians of the galaxy volume two yeah so in the second guardians it's ego who is uh, peter quill's father uh kind of calling him to his planet and then it turns out ego has nefarious plans and is trying to use peter's power to, to kind of take over the over universe, universe yeah. right and then the guardians have to stop him Right. So there's that whole like thing going on with ego. And then but you have like great characters that emerge like Mantis. She is hilarious. And she is as far as I know, I think she might be like one of the first Asian characters like in in any of the movies. She is just a breath of fresh air. Again, she goes so well with the team. Baby Groot is in this movie. It, and yeah. he was incredible. And then Yondu, I'm Mary Pat Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I'm Mary like, Poppins, y'all. That I, I'm, I'm gonna rest my argument on that because I, I think I know which way you're leaning, but I'm leaning the other way. So you're, yeah, I'm leaning towards Spider Man. Spider Man's done so much. You want Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's, it's so good though. It, it's, it was okay. It was. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I'll, I'll go with you on. Guardians just because it is Guardians of the Galaxy as a team they're so funny like I said and the movies are so much fun and I mean kind of looking ahead a little bit I don't have the other Guardians movie going very far and so I kind of feel like to <laughs> this not is, this to is not why have, the Stark branch is, is to not have like just completely 
a mess. To not have um to not have a Guardians movie moving forward. Yeah, either it of seems them seems like a travesty. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. I think Spider-Man it's the best Spider-Man, but again, I, I do love the Guardians movie, so I'll I'll go with you on that one. We'll go Guardians. So another a lot of upsets here in the Wakandan bracket. Yeah, five. That's a, right. that's a twelve beating a five. Yeah, twelve beating a five. So nice. So a the lot next... of people, you know, if this was an NCA thing, a lot of people brackets would be busted <laughs> the first week here. A lot of people would be crying. And people like me who don't know what they're talking about, like maybe would win. Yeah, I'm just really picking these movies based on the movie posters. <laughs> <laughs> I just whichever movie poster looks the best. That's what I'm going. Remember off that year so. that our friend picked her fantasy football team based on how well the the person smiled or like how how good their smiles were. I think she did pretty well too. So moving on to the last one in the Wakanda bracket, it's number seven, Captain America: Civil War versus number ten, Ant Man and the Wasp. So again, not getting into too many spoilers here. Ant Man and the Wasp was a good movie. Overall, I don't really see the point of it in the whole cinematic universe. Yeah, so we, when we left the movie theater, I, I didn't want to talk about this too much with you, but the primary conflict of the movie is very just, there isn't much of one. Yeah, there's, there's not no, really a villain. Yeah, there's no real villain. There's kind of just impediments to their main, their ultimate goal. But you're right. It's not. There's no real well, plot to it. I we literally saw this last weekend, and I can't even remember what their ultimate goal was. Well, they're trying to rescue uh, Hope's mom, the original Wasp, from the the quantum realm. The ghost character is interesting. She's not really a bad guy. She's just trying to do what's best for her, and yeah, I mean, she's kind, willing it, to hurt other yeah, people. It's kind of just like things happen. Like they're they're. They're trying to accomplish one goal. They're trying to go into the quantum realm. And there's just kind of roadblocks along the way. And they figure out ways to go through the roadblocks as time goes on. There's not necessarily like a major villain trying to do something that they're trying to stop. They're just trying to accomplish something. Yeah. So it, it, The whole movie basically exists to explain why Ant-Man wasn't in the Infinity right. War. It yeah. Seems. It seems, I think there's that. It's trying to explain why he wasn't in it. And the... Post-credit sting, I think, is going to play. And again, I don't want to go into spoilers here, but I think kind of what happens in the post-credit sting will play a much larger role going forward than people realize. It it seems like that you know there's not really much going on there, but I think that plays a much bigger role. So I think going forward, parts of this movie will be important. But overall, you could take this movie out of the cinematic universe and you wouldn't miss anything they could explain what they need to explain in future movies in 10 minutes i think yeah and and still you get what you need but paul rudd is is good i don't want to take oh, yeah. anything away from him no it's a good wanna, movie yeah, I, i'd go it was, see it but it was it's, entertaining the daughter the girl who plays the daughter i love yeah her. she was really cute She's His adorable. Daughter, Cassie. yeah i would say i mean if you want to go see it i definitely wouldn't say don't yeah, go I see it you from going but there. if it's like i'm kind of busy it's the summer I don't know when I'll get to see it. If you want to wait till it comes out on DVD, it's not like you're really missing anything if you don't rush out and see it right away. Yeah. Now, put that up against Captain America Civil War. Again, the Captain America franchise is strong. And if this one's no exception with, for me. With Captain America, the first movie, we already talked about how we were kind of underwhelmed by that one. This one came back for me and was 
I was like, oh, Captain America's not so bad. Like, this is actually a pretty good movie. I, I do, do remember walking away from the theater with a good feeling. Yeah, I, and I think this one, and this was kind of almost like a mini Avengers movie. So this had kind of the civil war, the infighting between the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So on one side, you had Team Cap and kind of his squad. On the other side, you had Team Tony and his squad all fighting over the Sokovia Accords. And it has repercussions throughout the cinematic universe for the rest of the movies because they kind of split up after this. Captain America and his side are fugitives. And then, you know, when you lead into Infinity War, this is kind of explains why they're not on speaking terms. But overall, I mean, it's a really strong movie. It was directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. They also did Winter Soldier and Infinity War, which are three of the, the best movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think it makes sense that this is a, a strong movie. Um, I think a lot of people really liked it. I recently rewatched it and actually liked it better the second time I saw it. Oh, really? Um, because you catch a lot more of the tie-ins to the previous movies and then the movies that have come since then. And you can mm-hmm. kind of see direct lines of what happens in this movie leads to future movies. Oh, cool. So, uh, so I definitely think Civil War wins on this one. Yeah, I was leaning toward Ant-Man just because it's fun, but I think that Civil War was probably a little bit more cinematic. And if you had to pick one movie to see or the other, that one's probably the more important yeah, one yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic think, Universe Right, to I see. think that one's better. All right, so moving over to the first round in the Stark Division. <laughs> so we have Iron Man, which is the two seed, and then playing the higher bracket of the the play-in winners, the 16 seed of Thor. I know you love Thor, but you cannot pick against Iron Man. This is the movie that started the entire the movie that started cinematic universe. It is a great movie. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is perfect casting for Tony Stark. You could say it might not have the strongest villain, and there definitely are some flaws to it. But what it set up, and what's amazing is they had these setups in the first movie. So you had S.H.I.E.L.D. in this first movie. You had Nick Fury in the post credit Sting. Marvel took a gamble with this, this by making the movie themselves, and they planted a lot of seeds that ultimately grew into this whole cinematic universe of what we have today. But it could have very easily flopped as well. Yeah, I am, this might surprise you, but as much as I love Thor, Iron Man, when it came out, just really... It was it was great. It was the movie was it was explosive. It started something. It the beginning part with the I think they were playing some sort of ace. I think they were playing back in black back or something. Back in black. ACDC. And he's yeah he's going through the desert and all of a sudden his convoy gets bombed. Uh, that that scene sticks in my memory and I don't uh, like. I don't remember things like that. And that, that was a long time ago. Yeah, so, I remember seeing this movie when it first came out. And yeah, just remember thinking that this is kind of unlike anything I've seen and how great it was. Right. And at this point, I think we'd had this, some of the Spider-Mans. Yes. But this Spider-Man, movie, X-Men movies. And this yeah. was the first one Marvel had done themselves. And this one still seemed different and right. new and fresh. So as much as I love uh, I love Thor, I actually did pick Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Case. I think Iron Man is, is definitely better. It's a great introduction to the characters. You, you get everything you need to know, like you said in the first maybe 15 minutes, that he's kind of this arrogant guy, full of himself, but that he's also, you know, a tech whiz. He's not some slouch. Mm. He can kind of back it up as well. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a great movie from w- what it leads to. All right, so the, the next matchup in our Stark division is 
Number four, Thor Ragnarok versus the original Ant-Man, which is the 13 seed. I think this is kind of a no-brainer as well. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok being the four seed, that's one of my top movies. The turn that Thor took, the comedic turn, what Taika Waititi did with that, uh, is just absolutely incredible. And kind of, I mean, you mentioned Back in Black with Iron Man. Um, Thor Ragnarok had the Led Zeppelin immigrant song in this one that, ah. So, so somebody. Oh, I was, we were going to harmonize. Sorry. You really missed We this might have to pay some rights if we harmonize too much. Oh. So, but somebody at Marvel must love like classic rock because you have ACDC and, <laughs> and Led Zeppelin and stuff in there. But they yeah, did pick some good songs. Yeah, but just, you know, again, Ant Man, like you said, Paul Rudd, he's great and everything. And, and Ant Man is a very funny movie too. But Thor Ragnarok is so much funnier. And you have the Hulk in it. You have Valkyrie, Loki, everybody kind of working together. You know, he's making his team the Revengers because he can't, he wants to call them the Avengers, but he can't think of anything else. Yeah, um, it, it's Hela's, just a, it's Hela like a perfect movie. Pretty tough. She is pretty cool. It's nice to see a a woman that's formidable in that role. She makes Thor look like almost like a toy, where the way she crushes his hammer. Uh, I love her couples costume idea. I go as Hella. You go as Thor. Thor. That could, that so, could work on Halloween. So start, start eating only chicken. <sighs> got to bulk up. Yeah, you got you to gotta bulk up. But hey, This is not at all for me. <laughs> not for me at all. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I think that's kind of potentially the one downside of this movie is, you know, you have it, this it's, whole... It's his abs? No, no. <laughs> with Hela, and you have this whole story of she's hidden and nobody knew about her yeah that, that and so part. it's like well and then you have the mural the mural basically is proclaiming how they they took over the kingdom so she wasn't even like a secret daughter yeah it, it seemed like she was well known i mean you, you figure odin it, he was still alive he's pretty old as guardians seem to live pretty long you'd ha- i can't imagine that there's not somebody there's some sort of- that's alive today Maybe there's some sort of I mean of comic Valkyrie. Book. I mean the Valkyrie yeah, was she there. She fought, fought against... yeah, because she was Yeah, that's true. She's one of the Valkyrie. So and she looks as old as Thor looks. She doesn't look as old as Odin. So that that kind of doesn't necessarily make sense. You know, hundred percent. It it it's kind of changing the previous storylines a little bit. And then you're also making Thor more of a god. But I I didn't mind that part. I could kind of look past that. I like it because you get to see Thor step more into his powers. You know, he loses his hammer, but as Owen tells him, you weren't the god of hammers, were you? Like, he, he realizes that that's not the source of his power. He's so much more than that. Yeah, and the movie, watching the movie, Jeff Goldblum's performance was really, like, good. The Valkyrie's performance was excellent. I love Hela, and I love Kate Blanchett as Hela. The the colors of the movie made it seem like you were walking, like, you were watching a comic book. Like it, yeah, again, it was, it was unlike anything you've ever seen marvel really took a risk on it and it paid off it had it had a guardians of the galaxy vibe Mm -hmm, definitely Thor, who again is is one of my favorite characters yeah so so. and then ant-man again ant-man is great but i just feel like they've so underutilized ant-man overall because he kind of came into the story late similar to dr strange you know he, he wasn't around a long time to be in all the avengers movies so maybe down the road you know as ant man gets utilized more you kind of look back on some of these movies and, and look back on them a little bit better. But Ant-Man kind of fell into that trap where you have the villain 
has the same powers as the hero. So he's fighting Yellow Jacket, who has the same shrinking technology as Ant-Man. So it's kind of, you fall into that trap where it's two similar forces going against each other. And while it's good, I just don't think it worked as it, much it as just, Thor. It can't hold a candle right. to, to yeah. Thor. So, so Thor Ragnarok uh, advances there. So the, so the next the next bracket is the number six Guardians of the Galaxy versus the number eleven Avengers Infinity War, and this one, I I mean on my paper copy I have a frowny face right above it. <laughs> I, <laughs> this one ha- is haunting my nightmares. Um, to pit Guardians of the Galaxy against Avengers of Infinity War, it it seems cruel. Uh, yeah, this did not. The draw on this did not come out very well um, no. because again, I would have liked to have seen both of these advance. Yeah, I would have liked the to first seen, round. have seen these in the both in the final four. They're both really excellent movies. Uh, I mean, Guardians. We've already talked about how we love how they don't take themselves too seriously. How each of the characters is fun and interesting. Like we even talked about, Rocket Raccoon is hilarious. I think that. Bradley Cooper does an amazing job voicing him. We have Groot, who just seems to grow and adapt, and he does different things. And he's, well, a, lot he's of, a tree, of course he yeah, grows. Yeah, and he's he's so he's so cool. Yeah, and you wouldn't think like a tree superhero really like that's not going to be that exciting. Yeah, that's but the thing. I mean, if you want to talk about on paper, leaps these of faith, don't sound yeah. great. If you want to talk about leaps of faith, Guardians of the Galaxy was their biggest leap. So the when did the first one come out? Uh, 2014 so it had some success as far as the marvel cinematic universe goes but i mean there's still a a lot of movies to come i mean that was four years ago um so they they really took a leap with this of kind of this group of superheroes that not a lot of people know about that are kind of you know out there well they definitely i think they stacked the odds in their favor a little bit by the the cast that they yeah they they did great i mean getting chris pratt chris who knew dave batista could act that well yeah, as Drax. yeah, he's he's, he's great. He's, he's amazing as as Drax. And but if you think about, was was Chris Pratt like a really big action star back then? Oh or no, this was this was they kind really of his kind of breakout. grabbed him from Andy from yeah he was from Parks yeah he and was Rec. in Parks and Rec, and then this came out, and then immediately after this, Jurassic World came out the following year. Right, and then he became so, like a mega right, star. Right, cause right, because they came out kind that. of back to back. It's kind right. of like hey, that that Andy guy, that like chubby Andy guy, he can be like really attractive yeah he and can be funny he can he can, he can carry a serious. movie serious yeah he yeah. he's a great leading man yeah so they and really they got zoe saldana yeah. and um bradley cooper and vin diesel to to i am group yeah just say one line uh, the whole time yeah i agree i mean it was a, it was a big risk and we kind of talked about you know music this this whole division is kind of about the music but guardians uses songs and music better than any of the other movies so they have the whole awesome mixtape, which played in this one, and then volume two, because it's the volume two mixtape. And then the third one's going to be volume three, and it's going to have its own mixtape. So they, they do it really well, how they, they play the music throughout it. And, it. and kind of going to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Disneyland, that's kind of the background for why there's different hey, songs on the ride, and is, check is out, that they're plugging it in. For real, check out the in, my, our Instagram, Enchanted Ears Podcast, because when we were in... Pasadena, this one woman, I wish I would have gotten her Twitter hand or her her Instagram handle. She did this amazing rendering of Groot with the awesome mixtape and and the boombox. Yeah, and baby I, Groot. Yeah, baby Groot. And I took 
tons of pictures and put them up on the Instagram, but you have to check it out because it was so good. We just kept going back to her. But right. anyway. So, but all that being said about how great Guardians of the Galaxy is, you have Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the juggernaut that Infinity War is. As you said, and a lot of the reasons why you didn't like the first and second Avengers of being too many characters and too much going on. There are a ton of characters in this movie and there isn't a whole lot of character development. They develop Thanos a lot. He gets the most character development out of all of them. The rest of them, you have to kind of come in knowing what's going to happen. And I think that's why it's probably got rated poorly by critics because if you don't know the other movies well, I could see you being lost in this one and not think it's that good. But if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know the other characters, this movie is just nonstop action, but it's it's it's, it's so well done. It's smart. The way that they do the character pairings is smart because when the other Avengers movies, my my problem with them is they kind of jammed all the Avengers into one room and everyone's just trying to talk all at once. You get segments, like you get one little grouping of characters at a time. So you'll get Thor with... Uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot and I think was there somebody else there too Um, you get those characters together and then you get another pairing and you get another group and another group so even though there's a ton of characters in the movie you only see a few of them at a time and the characters are still getting their lines they're still getting to say funny things and yeah they kind of let them breathe they kind of let them breathe a little bit yeah i mean really in the russo brothers feel cluttered in the russo brothers we trust at this point so and and again (laughs) i I mean if you haven't seen infinity war yet it's probably hard to believe i mean it's made so much money uh, that there's i'm sure some people haven't seen seen it it. (laughs) yeah but i mean it's it's so well done you have a villain in thanos which you know he may be the best villain they've ever done Mm. loki okay (laughs) i'll say yeah i mean loki loki has been up to this point but they do such a great job of developing that character in one movie yes that you you get a great backstory and you do you feel for him like you kind of see it's one of those you see in a way that it's what he's doing makes makes you feel kind of like a bad person in a way because you can see where he's coming from right and how calling the herd a little bit would would help but at the same time you're like oh my god am i this is like he is he is a proponent of mass murder basically and yeah yeah it makes you you question yourself yeah yeah, you kind of see it but uh, yeah at the same time it's like uh yeah it's a twisted reality um one thing, this will make you sad, uh, Kevin Feige came out and said when, this is a spoiler alert, so you can, well, I don't like you can, skip, you can skip ahead a second. Well, if can you I hear, skip ahead? No, so. Can I put my fingers in my ears? Right. No, la, la, la. No, so <laughs> when half the universe ceased to exist, half the animals went as well. So I think now you may hate Thanos because it was just people. You're like, ah, oh, it's okay. But now that half the dogs and cats are gone, you're sad. Loki and Cass would still be here. No, and yeah. I'm talking Loki ours, and Cass, our ours, dog and cat. Ours are Lo- still here. Yeah. Yeah. I have to pick Infinity War. I have to pick the upset on this one, which is why, again, I kind of went with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 over Spider-Man because I kind of had those more head-to-head. So I had Volume 2 advancing there because there's no way uh, that I have Guardians of the Galaxy above Infinity War. Yeah. I wouldn't say no way, but 
I also picked Infinity War over Guardians of the Galaxy just because the movie was really well done. And again, it was an Avengers movie. I went in with zero expectations and it was both of these movies I went in to with zero expectations. But I think that Infinity War just did the execution on the movie was was good. And the characters that I love were shown in in pretty good light. So, yeah, Yeah, it was it was a tough matchup. But yeah, we have the 11 seed advancing. So, so I went into double overtime. Uh, penalty you know, kicks. And went then into penalty, penalty kicks. And but Thanos had the gauntlet, so he was more powerful when he advanced. That's not really how it works. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that Rocket Raccoon. He blocked. He blocked all the uh, the penalty kick shots with that gauntlet. They couldn't get. It I past was just gonna him. say that Rocket Raccoon couldn't make his shot because he's too small and the soccer ball was too big. I would think Groot couldn't make the shot. I think Rocket could figure it out. Baby Groot. I don't think he's kicking that soccer ball anywhere. Uh, well, oh well, but he's got the gauntlet. It's he's not blocking. baby Groot. It's the adult Groot because this is Guardians. Oh, 1. Guardians one. Good yeah, call. See? Good call. All right. <laughs> Thanos still stopped enough. So, all right. So moving into the last matchup of the oh, first round. Oh, I get it because it's like a big goalie glove. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a good joke, Joe. <laughs> nice. So, all right. So going into the last. Sorry, I'm a little, a little slow late to the party. The, late to the party. The so the last one is the eight nine matchup of Doctor Strange. At eight and Captain America, the Winter Soldier at nine. I I know you like Doctor Strange. I remember so really liking Doctor Strange, but again, I I feel like I keep using this phrase, but it is visually stunning. It looks like you're on acid or something. It kind of looked it's, like Inception. It yes, has it, it has the whole idea of those yeah. the buildings folding on top of each other in the mirror dimension that they're fighting, and and so and it was you're about just up as confusing as jumping. Inception as well. I wouldn't say that. I think it was it was pretty straightforward. Oh wait, did you just say that the Inception was confusing? I think you did. I'm not saying that it was confusing. I mean, I, oh, I I think it's harder to understand. Loves this movie. Joe loves Inception. Inception is a great movie, but I think Doctor Strange. I wouldn't call it confusing. It's pretty straightforward. He learns, you know, the mystic arts, and he can, you know, travel to different dimensions. And now he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and he has the Eye of Agamotto. <laughs> Sounds like a pizza. Sorcerer Supreme. Supreme. Uh, uh, I'll have a Sorcerer Supreme, please. Wow, slam, slam. But yeah, Doctor Strange is 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 a really good movie. You know, like we said, it it deals with it kind of brings in the the magical element of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have not seen in the MCU magic and spells up until this point, so it kind of brings in a new new dimension. And and that cape though. Oh yeah, the cape's awesome. The cape, the cape is it's like, like the magic carpet. Like the magic and carpet. Aladdin. He, the cape is is my favorite part of the movie by far. Uh, the anthro, like just giving giving a non living object human quality, anthropomorphizing it. It really, it just it works so well with this movie because. But Benedict Cumberbatch's character, Doctor Strange, is very serious, and the cape kind of adds like a nice level of comedy to the movie that was needed i think right yeah he was good and and he is really one of the most powerful avengers i don't want to say strongest but he's one of the most powerful because he has kind of the mystic arts and he has the time stone so you know when he's trapped with dormammu for who knows how long you know they they kind of come out and said not only is he reliving the same moments over and over again but he's practicing spells he's using that time to refine his magic so that's why in dr strange he's kind of just learning magic but then by the time we see him in thor ragnarok 
when he has his little cameo, he's much more powerful. Even though not a lot of time has passed, it's because he can kind of control time. And so I, and so yeah, he, that, he ex- c- that explains away a lot of the concerns that people have with his character becoming so proficient. Right. So right. Fast. Yes. Yes. That's why he's so powerful because he can kind of train in a minute. He can do, you know, years and years of training. So going up against uh, Captain America, the winter soldier, which I know is a lot of people's, you know, one of their favorite movies out there. Again, Captain America franchise doing really well. I have to add one little, one little thing that we haven't talked about because there seems to be like a running theme with these Marvel movies, but Danny Pudi is makes a cameo in it, and uh, do you know who that is? Yeah, it's Abed from yeah. Community. Yeah, so there's two Community characters that have been in these movies so far that we've talked about. Troy and Abed in the morning. That was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, you know, with with the Winter Soldier, it's kind of that government conspiracy movie um, where you know Captain America feels like. Hydra has infiltrated the government. Spoiler alert, they have. Um, <laughs> but it's that whole thing of who can you trust? You know, who's it safe to talk to? You know, are, do people... You can always talk to me. Do people you think are your friends? Are they really your friends? Are they out to get you? And then it has the revelation that Bucky's the Winter Soldier. And so it kind of brings him back in to, you know, present time where we thought he died in the past. So it's just, it's really well done as a conspiracy theory movie and kind of that whole, again, who can you trust? You know, the government's corrupt type thing. And so I think that's why a lot of people like, because it plays into a lot of people's notions today that, you know, people are always up to something nefarious and, you know, something, something good may not always be what it seems. Yeah. Because what we need is more reality. Yeah, but I'm not saying, <laughs> reality isn't bleak enough. I'm we need more of it in our movies and our little escapes. Well, it's not exactly reality, but you know, it, it just plays into that you know people's tendency for conspiracy theories and things like that. So and it's and I think it's a really well done movie. Being the eight nine matchup, I do think they are kind of evenly matched for me. Um, they both have their strong points. W- which one are you leaning to? I was leaning towards Doctor Strange because I I remember, I just, I know I liked that movie when we left the theaters and, but I think that probably overall, I, I feel like I'm betraying Doctor Strange right now because you have that little Funko Pop staring straight at me (laughs) and it's Doctor Strange. So I feel like, like I'm talking trash on him in front of him, but I do think that maybe Civil War should move on just because it it was it was a good movie. It sets up a lot of the other movies. So Right. Yeah, I originally had not Civil War, the Winter Soldier. Oh, meant, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I originally had the Winter Soldier, and as we're talking about it, that's a, I'm kinda of going back and forth and going, Oh, maybe Doctor Strange, maybe not. But yeah, I think again they're they're pretty evenly matched. It's it's a bit of a toss up for me. But I am going to give the edge to the Winter Soldier because, again, I think that movie was just so well done for what it was, being that kind of government conspiracy movie. Yeah. So, all right. So after then the first round, that leaves us with, in the Wakandan division, it's going to be Black Panther, the one seed versus the 14 seed, Iron Man 3. And then the 12 seed, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 versus the 7 seed, Captain America Civil War. And then going over to the Stark division, it's going to be Iron Man, which is the two seed versus the four seed Thor Ragnarok. And then the 11 seed, 
Avengers Infinity War versus the nine seed Winter Soldier. So I think we'll we'll pause here and then we'll we'll pick it up next week, going to the next rounds and and finishing it up and kind of ultimately getting to our final definitive choice. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. So uh, everybody, thanks for listening. You'll have to tune in next week to see what our ultimate conclusions are. But in the meantime, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Subscribe to us. Leave us a rating or a review. If you want to have your question read like Brian did, again, go on Facebook, Enchanted Ears Podcast, or go to our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com slash podcast question. Right. And don't forget to check out our Instagram. Enchanted Ears Podcast. Yeah. Uh, Until then, thanks for listening and And have have a magical magical day. day.